0: Hello everyone this is Jessica and this is Caitlin and this is the Calling All Spirits podcast. How are you Caitlin?
1: Texas found winter today.
0: (laughs) Yes it did.
1: (laughs) We had fall for like two days and now it's winter.
0: I know. Before we hit recording, we're like, are we allowed to complain that it's cold? (laughs) But no, we're not. No, we are not allowed. (laughs) We've spent the entire
1: podcast complaining about the heat. We get to enjoy the cold, especially since, like, it'll be fall again by, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, because let's be real. Yes. Other than summer, Texas can't hold on to a season for more than two or three days, so we'll be fine. Well,
0: I, I know. I was shocked when I woke up this morning. It was, like, 33 degrees. I was like, wait, what? Like... I was in shorts and a tank top two days ago. Like, it was, like, nearly 90. And I'm like, how did we get to 33 this quickly?
1: Right? Like, I knew it was going to be cold and near freezing, but I didn't see the freeze alert on my phone until this morning, which apparently went into effect last night. And I'm like, I am so glad I got most of my plants into the little tiny greenhouse I have on the back porch and then the plants that some friends gave me that are not going to fit are currently in my bathroom. But I, I they'll only be there until it gets warm enough to put them back outside.
0: I mean, is it a wonder we all get sick this time of year? Because we literally go hot, cold, hot, cold. And it's like, yeah, then now everybody has a runny nose and a cough because... It can't make up its mind, like, what's going to happen. I'm
1: so glad that we have our glorious editor because I will be clearing my throat substantially. Like, I don't have any milk in my coffee and I have a big old glass of water, but I'm still going to be clearing my throat the entire recording. And for the sake of everybody's ears, I am so glad that Bree is on top of her game.
0: Well, I know I went to an event last night. It, It was actually really cool. It was a mediumship demonstration. But it which was amazing, but I, I start getting that tickle and that cough, and I I feel like I had to tell everyone before it started, it's like, I am not sick, this is not COVID, this is like, it's just the stupid weather changed. <laughs> so I was just like eating cough drops the whole time. Like, oh no! Well, I mean, it's like the worst, someone's connecting with a loved one in spirit, it's emotional, and if I'm like, like, hacking over here in the corner, like... It's not conducive to a reuniting
1: not two loved ones. Not a great vibe support,
0: no. <laughs> no, so I was like, please just do not cough in the middle of this. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so how, so, okay, because we were talking about this. I, I have to ask, because I feel like it's coming up. Are you are you putting up Christmas yet, or are you waiting? I
1: have been waiting <laughs> because I have not been home to do so. I, uh, I honestly, if I didn't have a fantastic kind of adopted family to go hang out with for Thanksgiving, I wouldn't care about Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, it's got such a, an argument inducing history because we have our uh, accepted story and then there's, you know, history that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um And then on top of that, I just didn't really care for Thanksgiving gatherings with my own family by the time we left my home state. Like, all the cousins that I hung out with, we were always busy. So you'd have like two cousins and then all of the older adults. And we're just like, this is boring. (laughs) And then I found out that Abraham Lincoln just like arbitrarily picked the date during the Civil Mm -hmm. War. And I'm like, all right, like, I know all holidays are made up, but this one is extra made up and I'm done. Christmas (laughs) can start as soon as I am done with well, not done with Halloween cuz that never happens. But like, right. a week or two after Halloween, I put my Christmas decorations on top of my Halloween decorations. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything comes down in like February.
0: Oh my gosh, I I am the same. Like, I I like Thanksgiving cuz I get to go see family, but since we're always traveling, it's like what's the point of decorating my own house? So, um yeah, Christmas went up like November 1st. <laughs> like, I'm I'm one of those people that's obsessed with Halloween, and once it's done, it's like Christmas. Like it's, I I'm also the weirdo that has like how many do I? Have? I think I have five Christmas trees now. Holy I'm moly! Little, I'm a little. I just keep adding like one a year. I'm like this room doesn't have a tree. Let's get one. <laughs> It, I, I was overhearing somebody talking. I was, I mean, I was in the group chat, but they're like, "Yeah," and there are these like crazy people that already have their Christmas tree, de- Christmas trees up. They've already got the whole house decorated, and I'm like, "That, that would be me. I'm one of those crazy people." <laughs> I'm in this picture,
1: and I don't like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already watching the Hallmark Christmas movies. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm in it. I am fully committed because, um, I don't know. I'm I feel not like every.
1: I'm not allowed to use the Hallmark Christmas movies as a uh, well hallmark of the holiday season because I watched those in June. So um.
0: <laughs> they're so they're so cheesy, and it's the same plot. But I still love them. I still
1: love them. It's like the same. I, I maintain it's the same reason that they've discovered that a lot of neurodivergent people like uh, sitcoms. Oh. You know that there's going to be a positive ending so the stress doesn't cause anxiety while it's happening as part of the plot. Wow.
0: That makes so much sense.
1: That's why there's such a good comfort movie. That's also why and I I I put Hallmark movies in the same category as why I haven't done it for years, but for like twelve years straight I would read romance novels specifically mm-hmm. because I know that people suck at communicating and I could be in the head of each character so at least I knew what was going on. Interesting. not a lot of books do that, but romance novels like to put you in the head of both characters. And I really love that that actually works in both like, you know, heteronormative ones. And then also like the gay and lesbian stories, they'll still put you in both heads, the heads of both stories. And I'm like, yes. Um, Cause I'd, I like to know what people are thinking. If I could read minds, I would be an even nosier person than I already am. So it's probably good for everyone's privacy that I can't read minds.
0: So... I, I think i might be paranoid because Okay, I'm sure you do this. And this is on topic. We're already empathic. We can already feel like when someone's mad or annoyed, even if they're saying they're fine. So I think that would make me, I think it makes me more paranoid because I'm like, I know you're mad and, and you won't tell me why. And you say it's, I, I don't know. It makes me very weird and paranoid. So I think if I could read their mind. I don't know if that'd be better or worse. <laughs> like worse.
1: I think it would be both because you'd know exactly what they were mad at and mad yeah. about and you know it wouldn't be you or you'd right. know that it was you and yes. you'd be doing things to try and make things better even though it's beyond your control. Yeah. Because I know there are things that I do that annoy, like, my sister and my spouse. And Uh there's only so much about my personality that I can control at one time. Oh, well, I love your personality. (laughs) I appreciate that because I love yours, too. And I don't want you to change.
0: (laughs) No, no. Neither one of us is going to change. That's for sure. And, And can I throw something in really quick before I forget it? Yes. Because I want to do kind of a special shout out to, I know we have... Um, some listeners back in my hometown in Northeast Texas, and I know some of them were affected by tornadoes Ooh. this last week. And I know you listen every week, and we so appreciate you. So just want you to know, I'm thinking about y'all and sending lots of love and prayers and um, just hope everyone is doing okay there. But, But thank you for listening, and also we're thinking of y'all right now. Yeah. I hope you're doing all okay. Yep. Yep. So... Anyway, just wanted to get that in before
1: I forgot. (laughs) No, that's fair. Um, I saw your post about that, and I'm glad that most everybody seems to at least be doing physically okay, and I hope they're all recovering at twice the anticipated rate.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to us. It's so cool to have listeners up there, so we appreciate that. It's awesome. Well, I... I'm excited because now I feel it's like the conclusion of the story today. Like we get to find out because I felt like we left off kind of on a high note after a really bad, many bad (laughs) notes. But we're ending on an upswing. We're we're moving on up.
1: Yes. And I mean, there are still some more like, you know, there's more peaks and valleys to go, but. I will say that we do have the novel experience of being able to more or less end their actual stories on a high note. and it It's pretty awesome because <laughs> like after the Fox sisters, I just and a lot of the spiritualism movement, everyone like they have like that peak where we all talk about their lives. And then there's like a downfall that we don't talk about as much. Yes. But as a flip side, we talk about the downfall of Victoria and Tenny and they lose all their popularity. And then no one talks about their happy life afterwards.
0: Well, until us, we're going to talk about it. <laughs>
1: yes and as a result i will be like i can only fit so much into an hour y'all like her life was insane and i pulled a lot from the book scarlet sisters if you have a chance to read it it is as well written as other powers that jess was talking about last week it is super readable it's got fantastic history it's got a ton of backstory every time something happens it's fantastic i can't recommend that book enough
0: awesome
1: And then I also pulled from a uh, article written by Mariana Brandman for the National Women's History Museum.
0: Very cool.
1: But um, I actually pulled a quote from her, well, not a quote, but Mariana Brandman in her article described Woodhull as an iconoclast who fought for her beliefs, no matter how controversial they were at the time. And since iconoclast means someone who strongly opposes generally accepted traditions and beliefs, I'd say that's a pretty head on descriptor for Victoria Woodhull. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: And like we already said, uh, when Jess left off, Victoria and Tennessee were headed to New York to follow the vision that the spirits had sent Victoria. Uh, The spirits had spectacular timing. Uh, They arrived in New York just after the Erie War happened. This was a like the Erie Railroad, not like an Erie event. (laughs) The stock market drama involving Vanderbilt getting a judge to issue an injunction against the Erie Railroad to keep them from issuing new stock, which would then allow him to buy up all the existing stock and become a majority owner, because that was like the one railroad he didn't own yet, had failed and he lost a lot of money and was looking for help in all kinds of places since none of the banks would loan to him anymore. He was a known spiritualist, and as he had recently lost his wife, he was trying to get into contact with her periodically. So uh, help from the spirits was absolutely appreciated, and when the sisters knocked on his door, he was happy to meet with them. Unlike the more uptight people who were in the wealthier circles of New York at the time, Vanderbilt loved the sisters' intelligence and boldness. Tenny's magnetic healing, plus her upbeat and cheerful presence, helped his aches and pains. The man was 74 and had numerous racing and railroad injuries. So like aches and pains were going to be a thing. Yeah. And according to some of the earlier biographies we have, Tenny would often go into his office and sit on his lap and he'd jiggle her up and down and call her his little sparrow while she pulled on his whiskers and dotingly called him old boy. That's awkward. I will st- <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that's a little awkward. It's uh very, they're very, very friendly. Ooh. <laughs> I will say that the rumor of them being lovers has lasted over 150 years, but it hasn't been proven as far as I know. Like, no one's actually verified that being a thing. That's just weird, though. I mean, we see those actual relationships happen. Well, but it... true. And then at the same time, though, being 74, she'd be like the same ages as grandchildren. So you could play that either way out in your head. And if it makes you feel better to make a different story up in your mind, go for it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> with financial advice from Vanderbilt, they grew their savings significantly and quickly amassed a fund of almost $700,000, which would be almost or would be over $15 million in 2022.
0: Wow.
1: So like consider their very very hand-to-mouth existence before this and suddenly they have $15 million.
0: That's amazing.
1: Right? And then with his backing, the sisters opened Woodhall, Claflin and Co, a brokerage and banking firm in 1870. They took Wall Street by storm and he even created a female only entrance for any women who were looking to invest, which I thought was really cool because like, I mean, they were getting a lot of attention being women doing this, but they wanted to encourage other women to do it. And if the guys are going to make you feel awkward, well, fine, you have your own entrance.
0: I love that, especially for that day and age. That is radical. Like. Absolutely. Wow.
1: And apparently the ladies back room had an interesting mix of like elderly and young women. Who, (laughs) some of them initially came to mock the idea, but then they left thinking that they could do other things in their life besides, like, focus on cosmetics, fashion, and vanity. Well, good for them. Right? That is, it's cool. They also had a mix of housewives who managed to save some money, madams who wanted to grow their portfolios, and feminists in general. Including two women you all may recognize, Miss Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. There they are. (laughs) We told you this tied to the women's movement. We were not exaggerating at all. Uh, And Susan B. Anthony was actually uh, really taken by Tenny. Instead of making shirts at 50 cents each, it would take a full day to make a shirt, by the way. These two ladies determined to use their brains, their energy, and their knowledge of business to earn them a livelihood. And that was actually really impressive because Susan B. Anthony was known to be like really strict and really uh-huh. um, reserved and conservative in her like approach to life. Like she and Elizabeth Cady Stanton would occasionally go head to head because Stanton was a little bit more uh, not go get 'em and not flamboyant. I can't think of what the word it is, but she was definitely a lot more out there than Anthony was. Yeah, but the fact that Susan B. Anthony really liked Tennessee was kind of like surprising to everybody. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Maybe a little bit more of a spitfire. Yeah, exactly. And struck by the
1: novelty of female stockbrokers, the press referred to them as the bewitching brokers and the queens of finance. Ooh, I love that. Right? Aren't those great names? (laughs) But Woodhull was actually looking to leverage her financial success to further her political agenda, improving the rights for women, workers and the poor. Victoria actually became involved in the women's suffrage movement in 1869 before they opened the brokerage and her success as a public speaker on behalf of the cause led her to take a prominent role at suffrage conventions for the next few years. She made history in 1871 when she became the first woman to testify before a committee of the U.S. House of Representatives. She was joined by fellow suffragists Susan B. Anthony and Isabella Beecher Hooker. And Woodhull argued in front of the House Judiciary Committee that American women already possessed the right to vote under the 14th and 15th Amendments, since they had said that no citizen shall be denied the right to vote on account of race, color, or previous servitude and didn't state males specifically. Mm. Sadly, this argument failed and the committee decided that the word male applied because it was stated explicitly in Section 2 of the 14th Amendment. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, 1871 was also the year that Tenney and Victoria joined up with Karl Marx's International Working Man's Association, the IWA. Uh, Despite having earned financial independence on Wall Street, they had no trouble calling out the problems that Wall Street caused. Victoria consistently said that they had pursued riches in order to finance their humanitarian causes, including downtrodden laborers, obviously. Mm -hmm. And logically, the labor movement was a pretty natural attachment to the democratic causes of many Victorian-era reformers. Plus, due to their own experiences, the sisters sympathized with the working poor. Understandable. <laughs> with what they went through their entire life. <laughs> right? If you're a little bit lost on that subject, just go back and listen to the part one with Jess going into detail about it. Yes. The newspaper that she and her sister started called Woodhall and Cloughlins Weekly was a newspaper that supported free love. And the free love that we talked about in the last episode, not the free love of the 1960s women's suffrage, and other progressive political reforms. The newspaper was notable for publishing the first English language copy of Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto.
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I'd forgotten about that. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So in 1872,
1: when she became the first woman to run for president of the United States, it was with the new Equal Rights Party, which she had helped to found. They nominated her for president and abolitionist leader Frederick Douglass for vice president. Even though he never acknowledged the nomination and they didn't actually meet in person until decades later.
0: (laughs) I've always wondered about that because I knew that. I'm like, how did did they just put his name down? I mean, I think they just put his name down. He was actively campaigning
1: for a different candidate as well.
0: (laughs) I mean, I know back in the day she didn't really have much of a chance to win, but let's just say. Just for fun, what if she had won? Which I mean, it's like, hey, by the way, you're my vice president. We've never met, but
1: yeah, right. Hey, by the way, you were nominated as my running mate, and you're due at the White House like tomorrow.
0: (laughs) I mean, he probably would have been excited just because you know he would. But I mean, that's just. I mean, that's pretty bold putting down someone you've never met, right? (laughs) Not at all a part of this.
1: Has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) By the way, you're vice president now. That would be quite the uh, welcome letter. Not going to lie.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Like, nice to meet you. Finally. <laughs> like, once we get to the White House. I mean, I that's really... Because I think sometimes people think they actually knew each other because of it. Like, oh, yeah, they were friends. They were close. And I've always thought that odd. Like, no, they had never met.
1: No, they, they didn't know each other, like, at all, except <laughs> for by reputation. Like, that was it. But, yeah, no, I think it's funny. Especially since we can't even conceive of that today with you know instant communication you would immediately be like dude take me off your ballot or okay but maybe we should meet first yeah but (laughs) you know with letter writing and telegraphs like sure all right maybe i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if that's awkward if somebody's like hey uh do you know you're running for vice president (laughs) with her like (laughs) did you catch that like (laughs) I mean, what about Tinny? But Tinny... And not that I don't like Frederick Douglass. I'm not saying that, but at least she knew Tinny. (laughs) But no, I mean, I just think that's that's really interesting. Yeah,
1: pick somebody you know, maybe. Just a thought. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) In a letter to the New York Herald announcing her campaign two years before her actual nomination, Victoria wrote, While others argued with the equality of women with man, I proved it by successfully engaging in business. While others sought to show that there were no valid reason why women should be treated socially and politically as being inferior to man, I boldly entered the arena of politics and business and exercised the rights I already possessed. Which is really cool logic. Like, people are arguing that this is true while she goes out and proves it. Yes. Love it. Yep. Now, her presidential campaign was not taken seriously by much of the public. Uh, Aside from being a woman, she was not yet 35, the minimum age to be president.
0: Why do I always think she's older? That's amazing. I mean, she's way younger than me. That's crazy. (laughs) I mean,
1: I think she was 34. She was only a year too young. Um, So, yeah, to answer your earlier question, even if she had one, they wouldn't have had to tell Frederick Douglass anything because... It wouldn't have been eligible anyway. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And then by this point in time or actually right around this time is a better way of putting it. Woodhull's uh, political reputation was declining. Her radical views supporting free love, communism, and spiritualism alienated many people, and suffrage leaders were beginning to distance themselves. Mm. And it definitely didn't help that she published a scandal in her newspaper. (laughs) The Cliff Notes, basically, is that Henry Ward Beecher was a prominent minister, a pillar of the community, if you will, Sorry, that's a true crime joke where if they're a pillar of the community in a story like this, um, they killed like seven people and should not be trusted. (laughs) Now, Henry Ward Beecher didn't kill anybody, but he was having an affair with his parishioners, one of them being Elizabeth Tilton. And after Elizabeth confessed the affair to her husband and then to her friend Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Stanton shared it with Victoria and then Victoria was mad. Not because of the affair itself, but because on the pulpit, he preached traditional values and pushed monogamy and denounced free love as sinful behavior. So it was the hypocrisy for Victoria.
0: That I mean, that makes sense. And that whole story is so juicy. Oh my God, that is
1: is why Other Powers reads like a gossip column because they got good details in that book.
0: Oh my gosh. And I mean, she was the main one, but I mean... She wasn't the only one. That he had his fan
1: the- club and somebody uh, enjoyed his groupies. <laughs> That's the perfect way to
0: put it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a wild story. Yeah. but I, Can I just say that Liv, well, because they say Liv in the book, but Elizabeth, her husband was not the best, though. Like, yeah. I kind of don't blame her <laughs> either. It's Like I said, it's a gossip. It's like a soap opera. Like you have, there's so much that goes on in that like love triangle scandal affair. It's, it's um, incredible.
1: It's, it's so much. And yeah, (laughs) no, it's legitimately, it's the best case study that Victoria could have had for why unhappy marriages should be allowed to end. And then Mm -hmm. you can pursue somebody that does make you happy or Mm -hmm. pursue life on your own and be happy by yourself. Like unhappy marriages should not be enforced by law was Victoria's entire point. And so the fact that you have a preacher Saying one thing, doing the other, and the other is exactly what you want to happen in reality would drive me nuts, too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no.
1: And even with all this anger, she didn't just randomly publish the scandal for publicity. Like, in modern speak, it wasn't clickbait or posted for views. It was out of, and it wasn't even out of righteous indignation, but it was because Beecher refused to give credibility to her run for president her reputation was hurting and she needed a reputable man to introduce her at one of her speeches. And according to her account, he cried out, I cannot, I should sink through the floor. I am a moral coward in this subject and you know it. Which may sound like a little editorializing on her part, except that later there were testimonies from Frank and Emma Moulton sharing similar accounts from Beecher as the scandal unfolded. So apparently like he was prone to hysterics a little bit. And so... She may have uh, shortened what he said, but he may have actually said this.
0: Well, and I think it's worth noting, if, if people don't know about Henry, don't know about him, like, he was, like, celebrity back then. I mean, this wasn't, like, just your neighborhood preacher. This was, I mean, he was a big deal. This was, like, mega
1: church equivalent.
0: Yes. Yes. Known around the country and even parts of the world.
1: Yes. Precisely. And so because his reputation was so strong, she was like, all right, if he can give me a little bit of credence, I can still like push my mm-hmm. my goals. And so she was trying to get Beecher to introduce her at Steinway Hall. And she had actually bugged uh, <laughs> Lib's husband, Tilton. Theodore Tilton is his full name, by the way. And yes, they all knew each other. He had worked with Victoria and Tenney for years. And so she was leaning on Tilton to get Beecher to do the speech. And after Beecher balked again and didn't show up, Tilton's the one who introduced her instead. And this is actually the speech that more or less tanked her political career. She was going along and had gotten to her section on free love and the misery induced by unhappy marriages, as well as her flawed view that forced sex and unhappy marriages created... Sorry, trigger warning here for ableist language. She... Thought that forced sex and unhappy marriages created deformed children. Mm. And so she actually kind of falls into a eugenics hole for a little while. And this is pre-forced sterilization in the U.S. and uh, pre-Nazi Germany. But still not a great point of view to have. And you can kind of understand where she's coming from, given her experiences. But... In a world where they were just looking into what was causing different birth concerns with people, Mm -hmm. there there was no science to argue against her yet. That was very strong. Right. So it never really undid in her mind, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: She did try to praise good marriages as commendable and insisted that good and commendable marriages would continue to exist if all marriage laws were repealed tomorrow, since these couples were bound in love and not just in law. Like, Mm -hmm. if you guys you know hang up on the idea of marriage being a legal thing well the good marriages that we're using as examples will still be here it's the bad ones that'll stop (laughs) which is not terrible logic actually no when she began to try to excuse the stain of illegitimacy a woman jumped up from one of the boxes and yelled how would you like to come into this world not without knowing who your mother and father was i i mean given her parents she might have been happier Um, I was about to say, that wouldn't have been a bad option for Victoria. (laughs) And to make it worse, it was Utica, her sister, that yelled that out. Like, Utica was yelling, how would you like the world not knowing who your mother and father was? I'm like, you have the same parents. You'd both be better off. Oh, my gosh. That's like something
0: out of the movie, though. Like, Utica pops up. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) What happened? I don't. It's.
1: It's absurd. Like in this family, they were just hellbent on ruining their meal ticket. Like her mother was well known to have sent blackmail letters to prominent people claiming they'd been in compromising situations with both Tenny and Victoria. And she tried to sue Colonel Blood for ruining her relationship with her daughters, which um she kind of did on her own.
0: Oh my god, like, they're crazy. They're absolutely
1: crazy. Victoria and Tunny kept supporting her, their entire family. No matter what scam her father pulled or what their mother did, they kept their entire extended family clothed and fed. And on top of that, now here Utica is pitching a very public fit about things that are about to ruin what was left of her sister's reputation. And that reputation is what's literally keeping her fed and clothed. Like, they are cutting off every nose to spite all of their faces. Oh my gosh. And wow. it, <laughs> then on top of that... Um, There are conflicting reports about if Utica is the one who shouted the question at Victoria or if Victoria asked it of herself in a rhetorical way Uh to get the speech back under control. Because after Utica jumped up, the, the, the police came in and tried to take her away and half the crowd wanted her gone. The other half wanted her to stay and stay her peace. So Victoria started just like rapidly trying to get the speech back under control. And so at some point, somebody asked are you a free lover? And Victoria answered, yes, I am a free lover. I have an inalienable constitutional and natural right to love whom I may to love as long or as short a period as I can. And to change that love every day, if I please, she tried to clarify that she wasn't calling for promiscuity. And that in fact, that was the opposite of what she was talking about. She was basically asking for the freedom of serial monogamy. Mm -hmm. Like there's a committed relationship of two people, but only as long as they both agreed that the relationship was worth staying in. Right. But you know, there were a lot of uh, younger single gentlemen in the audience that got very excited about the idea of changing lovers every day, if you please. Like, no, no, give it 70 years or so, boys, and you can play in the 1960s instead of the 1880s.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. And it's like you're saying what she said. Like, now it's like, I get it. But for audiences to hear that back then... That is like, oh, like, you don't say that. Yeah. I mean, back then. Wow.
1: As far as they were concerned, she was trying to tear apart the foundations of modern and moral society.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, uh, this alone didn't destroy the paper or the sisters. Um, It was also the resulting obscenity charges because she published the scandal in detail and somebody ordered it from out of state and they used the mail to send it and so she was sending obscene material through the US postal service and they both faced legal trouble and a scandal they even spent election day in
0: jail <sighs> <laughs> and they didn't even have Fred Douglas to represent them because he didn't know no like- didn't <laughs> Oh, my
1: gosh. And, like, that's a whole other segue into, like, next level drama, y'all. Like, if you want, I can go into detail about Comstock and the development of the Comstock laws. And dude was just on a rampage to make everyone upright, moral citizens and destroy everything, even remotely tied to sex in the U.S. It Yeah. Dude needed a different hobby. <laughs>
0: Maybe he needed a hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the problem was that this was his hobby and he was very good at it. Oh oh, Lord. But anyway, by eighteen seventy-six the Claflin Weekly closed down and Victoria filed for divorce from Colonel Blood because, you know, they decided that the marriage was done. They were they were happy to finish it. Like he got married shortly thereafter, and she and her sister headed for England. (sighs) We're not really sure how the trip was funded. They didn't travel third class or steerage or anything, but there are rumors of the Vanderbilt kids paying them to stay away during the trials after Vanderbilt died. His kids were upset about the will because he basically left everything to the oldest kid. Like, legit, 97% of his wealth went to the oldest kid. And so, because the kids were, like, taking the will to court, they didn't want Mm -hmm. the sisters getting involved because Tenny was like, I think I can't remember what the details on it were, but there was an investment that he held in trust for her and she would periodically draw from it. And so she wanted all of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what some people wonder if that's what funded the trip was one of his kids was like, okay, cool. Here, take it. Go away, go away. Don't argue anymore. We have a big enough problem here as it is. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, spoilers. in the long run, it worked out for them anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) However, in order to start over in a new country, the sisters sanitized their past uh, they took mm-hmm. back everything they said about free love. They distanced themselves from Stephen Pearl Andrews, especially because um, mm-hmm. his idea of free love is more like what we associate with, like in the nineteen sixties, where they have a commune right. and everybody, no one questions who the who the who the new baby's father is. Is basically the shorthand of that. Um, Right. And Tenny's actually like been quoted saying that he ruined everything for them because he came out around the same time they did using the same words to mean a very different idea. Mm, mm -hmm. So they were like, absolutely not that. That is not what we're talking about. In fact, we don't even believe in free love. That's not even a thing. Like they take back everything, but they both still held strong to calling out that double standard that society had for men who Mm -hmm. had affairs versus the women they had the affairs with. Yeah. So they basically tried to present themselves as traditional women's rights advocates and they tried to join the British suffragettes. But mm. by this point, Susan B. Anthony did not like them anymore. Um, and she got to the leader of the movement and warned her that both sisters are regarded as lewd and indecent. And I would advise against any contact. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. Made it a little bit harder for them. Eventually, Victoria is able to get in on the movement anyway. But it, mm-hmm. it was a lot harder going than it could have been. Right. And after she was there, or after she started working the circuit and giving speeches there as well, an aristocrat (laughs) named John Biddulph Martin saw her speak at one of her engagements. And according to a descendant of his, he was bent on marrying Victoria. They seduced each (laughs) other is how he put it. And I love that. I do too. And this does kind of lend light as to why the sisters changed their rhetoric so drastically though, because Tenny had also found a gentleman of means that she wished to marry, And Mm -hmm. so the sisters both had to present a respectable front to like help the families adjust because like neither family cared for the women. Right. And of course, Tenny's future husband was married when they met, but it kind of sorted itself out when his wife died. And then like eight months later, (gasps) Tenny claimed to see her in a vision granting a blessing to their getting married. She died of natural just, causes. Tenny did not kill anyone. I want to make that clear. She, I can't remember what she died of, but, like, she was older. Like, Tenny, right. Tenny married a big age difference. There's, like, a 20-year age difference between them. And right. And so, like, his wife died of natural causes. No one is poisoning anybody.
0: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I yeah. mean, just the, like, I saw her in a vision. She said it's cool. We can get married.
1: <laughs> like, I should, yep, basically.
0: So why, I just had to was... take a moment to process that. <laughs> That's very convenient. It like, is. Like, what, what if she had said, no, you can't touch, like, don't touch him. He's mine. Like, ooh, what would we have done? What if that Ouija board starts spelling out, no. hell no? <laughs> would she have been like, I think it's hell yes. I think it is. Think <laughs> it moves is to
1: the like... no when it refuses to budge. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> She's saying, no, don't wait any longer. Get married. <laughs> or no, don't ask me. Don't worry about my opinion. <laughs> God, they're starting to hear rapping there's banging like they're just excited she's so excited
1: for us the table's tipping every which way look how ecstatic she is she
0: can't wait for the wedding <laughs> She was good. whatever that woman said she was going to make that into a yes uh-huh. like, it was
1: going to be a yes yep, it was going to be a yes one way or the other no matter how many <laughs> knots she had to tie in the
0: communication to get there Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> well, well, good, good. That was that was convenient. Good, good for her.
1: Yes. Um And that does explain why there was only a year between her death and the second marriage. Because with the blessing, why wait? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now and then, on top of that, given the wealth that both men had, the gold digging jokes Ooh. basically write themselves. But of
0: course. from the letters
1: both couples left behind, apparently both were love matches. So, like, yay!
0: Oh, well, that's
1: Both good. men supported their wives' views. Tenny's husband published okay. her writings. And Victoria's husband became a partner in her magazine, The Humanitarian. Oh, very And then, you know, because Victoria has the same problem we do. She gets restless after a while. So after 12 years of marriage, Victoria <laughs> decided to run again for president. To disastrous results. (laughs) Um, Lawsuits, libel, and horrible publicity, usually. Or as per usual, destroyed everything. And uh, so they tried to sue the British Museum for harboring libelous material about her on its shelves. Even stuff she'd written herself. (laughs) Oh my god. Like, it paints me in a bad light. You should burn it and take it away. Okay, but like, it's
0: history. And... (laughs) And you wrote it. Like, how, how are you going to sue yourself for life? Right. Like, how do you? you you're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck. I mean,
1: basically, and the funny part is that the jury was split. Um, right. Basically, they were like, the writings are libelous, but the library has mm-hmm. a duty to circulate it as history and to current events, actually. Right. And so, basically, this led to Parliament rewriting the law to protect libraries from suits like this in the future.
0: Oh my god!
1: Wow. So she made several marks on history that we don't talk enough about in my
0: opinion in America and now in England like Exactly. Wow. Inter- I didn't know that. I didn't Neither know did I. That was
1: covered either. in Scarlet Sisters and I like what? <laughs> I have like <laughs> I have writing on the little sticky note that I put on that page cuz I'm going to go back and read that again and again like I don't even know how to process it but
0: Oh, my God. I mean,
1: we yeah, that's two legal cases that we can make your husband talk about in the future because we have Salem and uh, now we can have him look into this and we can share from the lawyer's point of view what this means.
0: That is OK. We're writing that down. That's brilliant. Like the law tied up with spiritualism and ghosts. And oh, yes, that would be a good episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and there was that court case that someone was found guilty because of the testimony of a ghost. Oh, yeah. we we'll have to we look have, that one up. That's another one. we, a, That's yeah, another we one. That in an
1: episode for sure.
0: Yes. Yep. We just need a legal episode. We do. The ghosts and the law. We'll bring him in as our expert witness. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now, sadly, in 1898, Victoria became a widow when her husband went to the Mm. Canary Islands to recover from a cold he had caught and he passed from pneumonia. And then three years later, Tenny was also widowed. Mm. But basically, Victoria moved to the countryside because she was tired of London and worked to make changes Mm -hmm. in society on a smaller scale. Instead of trying to cover an entire country or world, she Mm -hmm. was working in just the village she lived in. She installed streetlights and made the disastrous call to close a charity that gave clothes to the needy. But then she undid this change and started working with the local church to help families i think the vandalism being done to the streetlights after she closed the charity played a part in her decision making (laughs) and tenny kept lecturing and pushing for women's suffrage on both sides of the pond she also rallied women during world war one and insisted that women be trained in arms as well as assisting in the cause via the red cross very cool Wow, uh, Tenny's health did take a turn, and there are letters talking about operations. And uh, she passed in 1923 while visiting her grandniece. Mm. As she aged, uh, Victoria, unsurprisingly, got more eccentric. She refused to shake hands as she was obsessed about microbes dragging into the houses by trailing skirts, and she slept upright in a chair. She also enjoyed going for long drives, like she she was a big fan of her automobile. But that's that. I can get behind the yeah. car. But yeah, apparently, like. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not sure where the connection between shaking hands and the microbes being dragged into houses by trailing skirts. Yeah. Especially by the yeah. 1920s, like your skirts aren't trailing anymore, woman. If you update your fashion, no. this isn't a problem.
0: True. And gosh, that's got to be so uncomfortable to sleep upright. Yeah. Unless she had like a condition that required it. I know, I know sometimes people have to do that, but Just as a choice. Yeah, and like not reclined in a chair, upright in a chair
1: was the description used. Like not reclined in a chair.
0: Ooh. Upright. Yeah, that's really interesting. In
1: 1927, she passed in her sleep and she was cremated and her ashes were scattered at sea, specifically the Atlantic, to show her connection to the US and England. Now I like that. Me too. That's very cool. So like she goes a little, little off kilter there at the end, but... Compared to some of the other stories we've heard so far, this is a very happy ending for both sisters.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, considering... I mean, I, I mean, yeah, they're a little eccentric sometimes. But, I mean, look what, how they were raised. Look at what their childhood was and all. Right? Like, I don't even
1: know how to process the absolute shift and change in their lives. Yes. Like, they were set up for failure left, right, and center. And they still made... A massive success story in my opinion even though they're both widowed well, earlier than they both wanted to be like mm-hmm, they both lived for mm-hmm. 30 years after and victoria oh actually i didn't even write this part in my notes she uh was a very very wealthy woman when her husband died because he died three days after his father died and left everything to him <gasps> what yeah there were like um so there were there were letters that were dated and telegrams that were dated so they were able to prove conclusively that martin was his last name uh, his father passed three days before martin himself passed in the canary islands and so everything passed to Martin and then when he died everything went to Victoria. She was she died you know, she was a very wealthy woman when her husband passed.
0: Well I, did they die of the same thing like were they both battling? I, I don't
1: remember what caused his father to die but his dad was still in England and his That's
0: and crazy. yeah her husband had
1: caught a cold and turned into pneumonia cuz life Why? isn't fair. But yeah, no, the timing of that is just insane. Because had it happened the other order, then you know she would have gotten what her husband had, but like not the entire right. family estate, basically. Sorry, I, I'm... see, this is where my <laughs> mind like starts going into like the true crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, it... no, she they were they were hoping what... that her husband would not die. He was like no, she didn't know. even realize how sick he I was because he was writing letters uh, saying things Aww. like. Today was a better day. I was able to go out oh, in the sun for a little her. bit, and then like it wasn't until after yeah. he passed that she was getting the reports from the doctors of like, yeah, no, he he was dying, and he was dying fast.
0: Oh bless her, but oh no, no, that that's really sad. And and that I mean that does happen. Wasn't it like um, Teddy Roosevelt who lost his like mom and his wife? Like they, I'm gonna have to look. Remember, it yeah. happened like within a day or something. So I know it happens. It's just. That's just crazy, the timing of it. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, and we also heard about people going through that horrible experience with COVID over the last couple of years.
0: Well, that's where true. you'd lose that's the entire true. family
1: in three weeks. That's true. Wow. But yeah, I mean, is it any wonder she was able to enforce change on a small scale with that kind of funding behind her?
0: <laughs> it does help. It definitely helps. And you know what? I'm also kind of surprised that the British suffragettes, they were a little more radical themselves and a little more. I'm kind of. I mean, I, I guess that you said they finally did embrace her, yeah. but but I mean, they were the ones that really taught the later American suffragettes. I mean, the, the British were throwing bricks through windows. I mean, they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. They were going crazy for stuff. it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised. I would feel like if anybody's going to take Tenny and them, like the British ladies would have, Susan B. Anthony had some pool. Across the oh, pond. yeah.
1: Her, her opinion was listened to by too many people and yet not enough people. Like, her points on, mm-hmm. you know, feminism and the woman getting the right to vote, absolutely dead on. The racist bent she takes after they get the 14th Amendment passed, less less good. Yeah. Or 15th Amendment. Yeah. Crud, now I'm getting them mixed up. We've been talking about too many. Amendments. All the amendment numbers in my head. The one that granted African-American men the right to vote after they got it first, mm-hmm. she takes a turn. And at that point, in my opinion, she should have stopped being listened to by everyone.
0: Yeah. No, I, I've seen some of that. That's when it's like you just need to stop talking. Mm-hmm. Now. You just need to need to stop. Just
1: just take the microphone away
0: from her. I know they didn't
1: have microphones, <laughs> but like someone get the shepherd's hook and drag her off stage. She's done. We're moving on. <laughs> Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. But that's interesting. Unless I could see the British women are like, we're fighting hard enough. We don't want to have anything that could drag it down or tarnish it even more. I mean, there was also a classism thing
1: involved. Like, the ones who were throwing bricks were of the middle and lower classes. And the ones that I think Victoria was trying to get in with were the upper classes, who were like, we are intelligent women who deserve the right to vote. Don't look at everyone else who is proving (laughs) us wrong. Yeah. In their opinion, anyway. Not that anyone was wrong there.
0: But... Right, but yeah, yeah, their thought process for the time. I think it was the
1: classism that was having the effect with Susan B. Anthony's voice.
0: Yeah, that makes, yeah, I can see that. Well, gosh, I I still can't believe they haven't made a movie out of her life. I mean, this is a movie waiting to happen.
1: I have seen no progress on it, but I did find in my Googling, there was a miniseries that was (sighs) greenlighted back in 2020.
0: Oh, okay. But it's been
1: in pre-production for two years. And I'm like, okay, is it still happening? Did COVID ruin everything? Most importantly, Catherine Heigel has been cast as Victoria. Ugh. I don't see that working right. Like, she does not have the personality... To be that reserved and brash simultaneously.
0: No, sorry. If anybody's wondering, because I'm i pretty sure I know what she looks like, but I'm doing yeah. a quick. I'm seeing if it's who I think it is. I'm doing. No, oh, no. That's who I thought it was. No. And this isn't against her. Just that. That's not Victoria. No, It's not that. No, that, no. Oh, that 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 one needs to just
1: finish. We, we need it to needs to, to finish stalling out and be like just pushed <laughs> to the side.
0: Yeah, she. Again, nothing against her, but she, she's not Victoria. She doesn't even fit. No.
1: I don't like, her personality is not brash enough, in my opinion. Like, she plays very no. good roles in some of the roles she's cast in, but every once in a while, they'll put right. her in a role, and I'm just like, but why? Yeah. Like, we need, yeah. I mean, this is because I was watching Hysteria again the other day, but, like, we need a okay. Maggie Gyllenhaal level. I can yell yes. at people, but also be reserved and poised when needed.
0: Yes. No, but th- that, that's a perfect example. Like, I completely agree. That's the kind of actress you need for that role. Exactly. Sorry. I'm just like... Yeah, I was like, did, like, I, did I read that different. right? I
1: don't understand.
0: That's why I had to double check it. I'm like, maybe I'm thinking of... Nope, that's who I'm yep, thinking Yeah, you were of. thinking mm-hmm. of the right person. I wonder if like a Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe. That could work. I love how an we casting. <laughs> like they're going to listen <laughs> to our this opinion. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, you never know. You, you never know. But yeah. You got to have somebody that can go hardcore.
1: Honestly, I'd like to see a cast of unknowns just because those are like they're Mm. like out of the blue. Like you have a big name cast somewhere in the background, like somebody famous playing Buck or something obscure and then like (sighs) have unknowns playing both of the sisters. That would be really cool. Then it would have a chance to really landmark. The story, because that's what it is. Like, I don't want people yeah. going to see it because of famous people. I want it to be known Why? and seen because Victoria and Tennessee are ridiculously impressive stories that not enough people yeah. talk about.
0: Oh my gosh! I wish they would do it. Okay, now it was a movie or made-for-TV movie, but this needs to be a mini series. But did you ever see Iron Jawed Angels? No. They can't. Came- oh, oh my God! How Have you never seen? Okay, Iron Jawed Angels. It was um. Made uh for HBO, girl. You okay? You can watch it. I think on YouTube for free now. You have to watch it. It's all about um the women's suffrage movement, um but it's when like Alice Paul and Lucy. Bur- it's mm. it's like kind of the ending. The ones that are actually protesting and doing the hunger strikes, and it stars Hilary Swank. Huh. Oh, gosh! I know there's more. There's a lot of famous people in it. I'm just bl- Angelica Houston. Oh, but I
1: am there to see Ange- girl- Angelica. In anything?
0: Oh. When I was a teacher, when I taught high school, I made every single one of my classes watch this movie. It's so well done. And they use, like, modern music, but it's really historically, like, they do the historical accuracy really well. Interesting. I can't believe you have not, you are going to be obsessed with it. You have to watch it. It's it's one of my all-time favorite movies. <gasps> And we're talking about the women's suffrage movement, so I don't mind throwing it in. Yeah, Andrew's no, I'm, I'm
1: looking at it on IMDb now, and yeah, no, that is quite the cast.
0: It, it's, oh my gosh. Like, I watch it a couple of times a year, especially if I need, like, a motivation, like, I am woman, hear me roar spirit, and, like, turn on our John Angels. Oh, Lois Smith.
1: Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I honestly, yeah, I'll watch anything with Angelica Houston in it. <laughs> That woman is, like, attitude goals for me and has been since I watched, like, just too many of her movies as a child.
0: Yeah. So, um, hey, and if anybody hasn't seen it, go watch it now. You have to watch it. But if they could do it in this style, it would be so
1: cool. Yeah, especially with, I mean, okay, to be fair, if you get a cast like that, I am here for the well. known cast. <laughs> like, I'm making a hypocrite of myself. I'll see anything with Angelica Houston in it. <laughs> like, in general, we need we need to be, ooh, it would be a weird move, but Bernadette Peters playing her mother,
0: because oh, she can see play that. crazy
1: really well.
0: Yeah, she can. She really can. And to tie it back to Victoria's story, um, so it's just not totally off the <laughs> wall. Alice Paul, Lucy Burns, they they went to England to learn from the England suffragettes, and probably at the same time Victoria's over there. Yeah. And then they brought those techniques back to America. So they were over there. Around Victoria, when Victoria and Tennessee were over. Yeah, there, and I mean, so.
1: they probably interacted because, like, Tenny, we were talking probably. about, they were, like, when Tenny was rallying women in World War One, it was in England. That wasn't in the U.S. Right. And so, like, she was active right. in London and Victoria was apparently, like, entertaining delegates in her home in, like, the countryside. So, people definitely were going to see them probably at some point, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So, it fits. It fits
1: the podcast. It absolutely fits. <laughs> It was on topic and everything well done.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing kind of the end of her story. And I'm glad, I'm glad it ended on a high note. It did.
1: Note. It was, I mean, cause they went through some rough phases. Like Comstock yeah. was a jerk and needed to not exist. Yeah. But like, yeah, if you have, if-, if anybody wants to just fly into an illogical rage, Read up on the development of the Comstock Laws. It'll make you want to throw things yeah. across the room.
0: Absolutely. But
1: yeah, no, the fact that their their lives kind of ended on an upswing definitely, definitely yeah. a nice change of pace. Cause I didn't I didn't come into the <laughs> the recording today, having finished reading and doing my notes, depressed and sad and having to remember to be happy about the high notes. No no, this time it was fine. There were high notes all the way to the end.
0: Yay. Very good. Yeah. I love and, that. And I mean
1: we've made it abundantly clear how much we absolutely love Victoria and Tennessee. Like I know Jess's favorite sister set are the Fox sisters. My favorite set are the (laughs) Woodhulls and Claflin and man, it is a close call though, because I know you love Victoria and Tenny and I absolutely adore Maggie and
0: Kate. So like, I do. I know it's hard. I mean, how do you even think? I mean, and because they're and they're so different. Like there's, even though the stories seem similar, there's they're very different. Yes, I really appreciate what Victoria and Tony did for women's rights, and even if it was radical, and even if people hated them for it back then, I mean, just to get those those ideas out there and voice them was amazing.
1: Absolutely, and like some of the ideas are basic for us now, and so having yeah. to realize that they were that extreme or seen as that extreme at the mm-hmm. time. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of mind blowing. And I absolutely love that. Um, So, Victoria, of course, my favorite person, we've already talked about this repeatedly. (laughs) She's also a spectacular example for me internally of why I don't have heroes. Like, because she's Mm -hmm. not a hero for me, but like, she had flawed ideas. Like, eugenics is not great, ableism is kind of a problem. And you can empathize with her and see where she's coming from, but see, see the problem in the situation and then absolutely admire her for the amazing things that she did do. And that's kind of how I feel in general about like, yes, admire people, be fascinated and impressed by what they do. Do not worship humans as heroes because you will always find a downside and it is always heartbreaking. Yeah. So like, just, just don't. That's my that's my personal PSA for general life, like because I know people are having to yeah. go through this kind of realization with like the founding fathers and their flawed personalities. Like mm-hmm. it, if, you, if you don't worship them as heroes to begin with, you have an easier time accepting their flaws later. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess with that. Yeah. On that random well, note, then... we were on a high note. <laughs> and I wouldn't brought down. I'm sorry. No, you did not. <laughs> you did not. Not at all. Not at all. Well, this has been fun and. Off to our next our next story we're going to do. Yes, I'm excited already for the next one. And we're
1: excited and to have you too. there with us. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do us the favor and appease the podcast gods by leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, of course, hit subscribe so you know when we release new episodes like the next one we're excited to do.
0: Yes. And also, of course, we want to hear from you, so let us know what you think about this episode and if there are any spirited topics or people you want us to explore in future episodes, as always, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod, or you can email us at callingallspiritspod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling lucky, you can always try one of the mediumship techniques
1: that we've covered in previous episodes. But please do not pull a tennessee and insist on your answer regardless of how many times the table flips over. <laughs>
0: oh my god yeah yeah just take no just just yeah. no
1: just just if you're going to do the mediumship techniques accept what the actual answers are or you know email us because that's definitely likely to be less likely to miss be mistranslated
0: <laughs> <laughs> agreed um emails great so thank you all for listening bye guys bye.